Welcome to the A2 Schools Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cluley, the Director of Communications here at the Ann Arbor Public Schools. I'm joined again today with our superintendent, Dr. Swift. Thanks for being here. Well, good afternoon, Andrew. And we also have with us today, uh, Victoria Davis. She is the Director of Dining Services for the Ann Arbor Public Schools. So thank you very much for joining us, Victoria. Hi, thank you very much for having me. And uh, we thought uh, since, uh, you may not be aware of this, but Friday, this Friday, May 5th, is National School Lunch Heroes Day. So we decided that we'd bring in Victoria and we'd celebrate all the wonderful things that happens in dining services in the Ann Arbor Public Schools. And you know, Andrew, I just love getting a head start on uh, this very special day. It's one of my favorite days of all the recognitions we do throughout the year. Uh, because, and, and the reason for that, all of our team members are awesome, but the reason I especially appreciate uh, this day is I think so often our uh, school nutrition uh, team uh, gets overlooked. It's the kind of thing that we assume for it to go well, and when it doesn't, we give you a lot of attention, Victoria, but uh, we forget often to say thank you. You know, I was partly uh, raised by a Southern grandmother who's um, uh, one way of expressing and communicating love was through the serving of food. And I feel like, uh, Victoria, it's such a special and, and, and sacred thing that you do, duty that you carry out every day, uh, is to serve and feed our children. Thank you very much. And when we talk about heroes, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the effort that food services, uh, teaming up with uh, Durham Transportation and some other in people, um, Liz Margolis, making sure that in the darkest days when the pandemic first hit and no one really was knowing what was going on, they made sure that families had food in Ann Arbor. That's right. You know, school uh, was dismissed on that Friday in Victoria. You and your team worked through the weekend, many members of our team, um, and you were distributing food on a Monday and as I recall, more than one million meals distributed through those months uh, of COVID, uh, distributed right out of the driveways of our schools. And thank you for that tremendous effort. It will always be deeply ingrained in our memories how you rose and your team rose during that time. Thank you very much. It was a very important time for all of our community and for our staff to know that we could still make sure that our children and our community and families had food to eat. When you talk about your staff, those lunch uh, superheroes, uh, what what makes someone you know a well fit for your team? Well, number one, they have to love children and they need to have a passion for food. Um, my passion for food comes from my grandmother also. And um, so I do believe that food is a universal language and we love to show all of our children of different cultures and different upbringings about different foods and then the foods that they also eat, introducing those into our program for other cultures to eat. So right now we are actually um, doing um, tastings from around the world throughout the whole month of April and May. So make sure that you go onto our website and check out the menu. 
I appreciate that, Victoria. You know, not long ago, I had the great opportunity, which I love, to hang out in a middle school cafeteria um, during lunch. In fact, I got to be there for all three lunches uh, on that Friday. And um, I was so delighted to see what a comfortable and happy place. Um, kids were very at ease uh, going through the line and and getting to, uh, you know, the vegetables and fruits and all the things that uh, I would think that maybe they wouldn't enjoy so much. I really found it to be a place of comfort and, and celebration. And there was a lot of love coming from the team in that cafeteria that day. Wonderful. Yeah, we do love to stress that we um, buy fresh local produce whenever um, possible and buying local products. Today, my team and I actually went to a manufacturer right here, um, about 20 minutes from here, to look at their local foods that they will be providing for us for our summer feeding program this summer. That's wonderful. People often don't know that you really distribute and serve meals through uh throughout the entire year, and particularly during those critical summer months uh, when many families um, might be food insecure, especially without that school lunch every day. Yes, so our heroes, our lunch heroes, they work all year round um, to provide food for our Ann Arbor families, and then we also partner with food gatherers as their food provider for all summer feeding programs. That's wonderful. It definitely, uh, I know that popular culture, TV, movies often have an image of what a school cafeteria is like, and it's outdated, it is not what is going on in Ann Arbor Public Schools right now, and I, I can say that that for, for certain. Um, can you talk about some of the special events that you have throughout the year, you know, just to liven up the cafeteria and get the kids excited about what they're eating? Sure. Um, we're actually hosting a Discovery Kitchen tomorrow. We have been featuring different Discovery Kitchens throughout the year. A Discovery Kitchen is a tasting that we bring samples to the children um, and they taste them. Um, would they like to eat them on the menu? Would they not like to eat them? And then we've also done different tastings that is called student choice, that they actually are voting on the menu items for the next month. So depending on the grade level, we try to make it very simple. Tomorrow, our tasting is more focused on different ways to make smoothies at home. If you don't have a blender or some kind of electronic device, how can you make it with just a whisk in a bowl? And so we're teaching children tomorrow at Bryant Elementary. I wish I had time to go over there and get that lesson on smoothies. That sounds great, Andrew. Yeah, it's exciting that not only are we giving them the nutritionist a nutritious food right now, but we're also giving them a, a lesson, you know, that is in the cafeteria, but they're probably not thinking that they're in school per se right at that moment, but they still are. And that's exciting. Wonderful. And I know that you also, as you mentioned, uh, the exciting uh, opportunities for students to vote on what, you know, what the meals are going to be next month and, and whatnot. I, I'm sure that um, that sense of ownership is always an important thing for students and, and providing it in the cafeteria is amazing. Student choice and voice. It's a great instructional strategy, and lunch is a classroom in that way. And can we talk a little bit about um, the nutritional aspect of food um, in that we're serving in our cafeteria, and specifically when it ties into the um, making sure you're meeting the needs of students that maybe have allergies and, and whatnot that can't eat things? 
Yes, we actually have a very extensive allergen program. We actually have a dietitian on staff, and we also have dietetic interns that we hire um, from U of M and from Eastern Michigan University. Um, some of them come to us as an unpaid intern at the beginning, and then they like it so well that once they graduate or in between classes, they work for us to make sure that our student meals are prepared safely. We actually have one facility in that skyline that we only do our allergen meals out of. They are in a sealed container that we seal um, to make sure no other allergens could ever get into those meals. And then we ship them from there to each building out of our 32 buildings. It's just amazing. Um, I know that uh, during uh, the the peak of the COVID pandemic, uh, when we first came back into in-person school and then through all of last year, um, free meals were covered for all students, uh, part of the national program. That program, unfortunately, has, has gone away. What are we seeing in terms of the impact uh, having those free meal, meals for all students versus how we've now gone back to um, students and families qualifying with certain income levels, but not all students? That's a great question, Andrew. Unfortunately, some families that have a hard time speaking English or reading English did not understand at the beginning of the year to fill out a free and reduced application because meals were free. And um, so getting to those families and helping them get the resources that they needed so that their children knew that they could eat for free. And some families that their children do qualify for free may not participate because they don't want to feel like they're different from their friends. So when it was universal, everyone ate and nobody knew um, what your status is. Not that anyone would technically know now, but I think it's the student's perception that their friends may know, especially those middle schoolers um, have a hard time with being judged. There's a liberating effect in a cafeteria when everyone goes through. There's no worry about it. I just think it's a distinct difference in the experience of the child when that's not even a question. Everybody's welcome to uh, to go through the line and get what they want for food. You know, one of the um, one of the areas that I think a lot about as superintendent, in addition to those that you mentioned, Victoria, who may have a language or a culture uh, barrier, but we also think about that tier of families who may fall just above uh, the qualifying level. And and I know as a uh, you know, I was in schools as a teacher and a principal for a little over 20 years. And I know uh, I saw food insecurity. We see it every day in our schools. And, and many times it's that uh, family who is struggling um, and may not be able to make uh, that commitment uh, financial commitment for that school lunch, especially if there's more than one child in the family. And I know I I have been, um, it's been shared with me by kids that, you know, my family can only afford uh, to feed two of us at a time. And those are heartbreaking things to hear. And of course, we do everything we can, Victoria. I know you all do and we do to support those families but we don't always know. 
And so the thing about universal meals is that uh, empowering and affirming impact on everyone who walks through that cafeteria door. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. And I, I think we can see it in the classroom, even the the kid that is fidgeting and, you know, it was just, you know, there's something not quite right. And oftentimes that comes down to food. Yes, it does. And, you know, in my work, uh, folks are often wanting to know, you know, what is a lever that we can pull to help with uh, student uh, mental health and, and well-being and behavior and achievement. And what I know about universal meals at school is that it really is a rising tide that attends to all of those areas, extending even into the home and the family of what a stressor off uh, uh, parents to know that that child has a breakfast and a lunch provided at school every day. And that with all that families have to think about now, that's just one less thing to worry about. Yes, that is so true. We want our students to always feel like no matter what, they can get a meal. And that's one thing I am so proud to work for Ann Arbor Public Schools. We never, ever turn any child away. Every child, no matter where they are in life, will always be provided a meal and no questions asked. Thank you so much, Victoria. That means a great deal to our children and to the San Arbor community. I appreciate your leadership. You you have always made that commitment and um, it it is just so meaningful and powerful for children and for families. It, it truly makes them school lunch heroes. It does. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's some good news about what's going on in the cafeterias, which brings us to the good news segment of the A2 Schools podcast. And I'm actually, we're going to celebrate two two achievements uh, today because, you know, it's it's the spring of the year and all of a sudden it's like, oh, all the stuff is, is wrapping up and we're getting lots of celebrations. We are. So we're going to start off with uh, the Clegg uh, Cougars Science Olympiad team. Uh, they placed second at the Michigan State Science Olympiad Tournament. And with that, they earned their right to compete at the 39th Annual National Tournament, uh, taking place at Wichita State University, May 19th and 20th. So congratulations to Clegg's team. Yes, uh, congratulations. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Andrew, but I feel so enthusiastic about this team. I got to hang out with some of these students not long ago and uh, guys, they are so impressive. They have a cool name, too, that I can't say very well. Well, I, I think it's the Scioli, Scio, I, I don't, it's a combination of science and Olympiad. I don't know how they pronounce it. It's a special language that they speak, Andrew. Exactly. That's and while we're congratulating uh, our students, we also want to recognize and shout out uh, congratulations to Lawrence Robust. Uh, he is a pioneer track athlete who is uh, qualified to represent Team USA at the Special Olympics in Berlin, Germany. So congratulations. Uh, he won, um, set the, the state records in the 100 and 200 meter races uh, to qualify. So an amazing job. Um, and he's apparently just an 
amazingly talented runner, even though uh, I remember in the story until he tried out for it, he, he didn't really, I don't really want to run. Then it found out, hey, I'm really good at running. That's so <laughs> awesome. You know, there's a great video out, Andrew, I think from your team at AAPS News. Um, and I was so delighted uh, to see Lawrence and the, and the huge achievement. And we just send him all the best. AAPS wishes and cheer him on as he heads out to Germany to compete. Uh, it, it's the World Special Olympics, isn't it? Yep, they, it happens only every other year, uh, but he is qualified uh, to do it. Uh, it's uh, this this summer, um, and there's a GoFundMe to help him on his journey to Germany. So That's wonderful. You know, they say it, pioneer, be bold, be extraordinary, be a pioneer. And it's clear Lawrence is doing that in this effort. That's right. Uh, before we end this uh, episode of the A2 Schools podcast, I do want to get in a plug for our uh, Listen and Learn community conversation. Yes. Um, we've had several in-person events already. I know that uh, we have one on Friday, May 5th. It's a brown bag lunch at noon at the Traverwood branch of the Ann Arbor District Library. Uh, bring your own brown bag lunch. Bring your own ba- Unfortunately, brown bag. Unfortunately, our, our lunch superheroes will not be in <laughs> attendance at that to, to help you out. So you need They're to bring your own. kind of busy at lunch. They are. (laughs) Um, And then we also have one scheduled on Monday, May 8th at 6.30 p.m. at the Mallets Creek branch of the Ann Arbor District Library. Um, And as always, you can participate online at any time via the Thought Exchange. um, And to learn more about the in-person events and the Thought Exchange and get the link to the Thought Exchange, go to a2schools.org slash listen, learn. And we'll have the links in the the show notes to, to get you there as well. I appreciate that, Andrew. There'll be more dates emerging uh, as well. So if if the dates we've announced don't work, just uh, keep an eye out and we'll share more dates soon. I just want to give a shout out and a big thanks to everyone who's come out. It is a very special thing to live in a community where our parents and our staff and our community members care enough about our schools that they come out and talk with us about how we can do better. And so I just want to thank everyone who's taken their time to do that and look forward to seeing you uh, out and about on the tour. All right. Well, I want to thank uh, Victoria Davis for coming in and, and talking about uh, the the lunch program in the Ann Arbor Public Schools and all of those lunch superheroes. Congratulations. Thank you for the work you do across the year. Yes. Congratulations, superheroes. And thank you, Victoria. Thank you very much, Andrew and Dr. Swift, for having me today. And Dr. Swift, thank you for being with us as well. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the A2 Schools podcast. As always, if you have any questions about the Ann Arbor Public Schools, the first place to go is a2schools.org, our website. Uh, If there's a topic that you'd like us to discuss on a future episode of the A2 Schools podcast, please email me, communications at a2schools.org, with your suggestion. And thanks again for listening to this week's edition of the A2 Schools podcast. Mm -hmm.